It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. A partisan audience uncontrollable. Charlie Crist went rogue with a question. Yes or no, Ron? Will you serve a full four-year term if you're re-elected governor of Florida? It's not a tough question. It's a fair question. He won't tell you. Governor Ron DeSantis didn't budge and then got personal. And I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn-out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Crist. Questions covered the state's biggest issues, rising costs. Charlie Chris has voted with Joe Biden 100% of the time to give us these inflationary policies. Since you've been governor, every utility rate increase has been granted for Florida Power and Light, Duke Power, Tico, you name them. And one of the most contentious issues, the state's recent abortion restrictions and what may be to come. I'm proud of the 15 weeks that we did, and he supports taxpayer funding of That's abortion time, all the way up until the moment of birth, and that is wrong. Congressman, you have 60 seconds. Ron, that's just not the truth, and you know it. You know it. He wouldn't answer your question. Do you want to ban abortion completely? He never got to it. The Florida paid migrant flights from the border to Martha's Vineyard. You're willing to use people like that. In this case, they were Hispanics, Venezuelan in particular, and have them as props for your political gain? You say you're for the secure border, but this is all happening under the Biden administration and the policies that Charlie Chris supports. At the end, that uncontrolled audience launching insults. I led based on facts, not based. All right, well, that's a report uh, from, I think it's NBC in Florida, and that was of the debate between Ron DeSantis and uh, Sorry, I had my mind in someplace else. It cut off so quickly, it caught me by surprise. But, Bill, uh, Chris, uh, that debate last night, I watched the whole thing. It was very interesting, and one would think from that bit of cutting there that Chris had prevailed, but I really don't think so. I found it was interesting because I've never seen Ron DeSantis sort of uh, angry, <laughs> and he really was. You could just tell he was simmering. But sometimes the things that Chris said were pretty outrageous. Uh, he's not doesn't seem to be confined to facts. He talked about how Florida, uh, you know, how horrible it is to live in Florida uh, and how Ron DeSantis has ruined the economy. And I think, you know, just plain facts, I can tell you by the number of people that are flocking to Florida that it's actually doing very well. There are effects from that in housing, all of that. Uh, but you can see that Florida is actually flourishing. He accused uh, Ron DeSantis of being terrible for business, terrible in businesses uh, and not understanding. And Ron just laughed. He said, um, I'm sorry, Governor DeSantis just laughed and said, uh, he named the number, don't remember, but how many businesses that are are coming to Florida, moving their headquarters, and that's that's true. I mean, you can, you can check that. It's interesting, you know, when you debate with someone like Charlie Crist, um, 
which I've done many times, where they are not, um, they're not, they don't care about the truth. It's it's a challenge because you want to respond to every single mistruth, and you can't because you get bogged down in it. So you just have to. And uh, uh, Senator, <laughs> Governor DeSantis, I thought was masterful. Now, if you were a partisan uh, on uh, Charlie Crist's uh, side, you might have thought he he did get some hits in. Uh, kind of like uh, low blows, but th- they did it. You know, it was a very, it was fascinating. Um, Ron DeSantis is ahead in the polls, but not by as much as people thought he might be. So, uh, Florida voters uh, need to weigh in and make sure they go to the polls. I think Florida voting started this week. Uh, so, yeah, that's the way it goes. We used to have one day. Now we have months and weeks. You know, everywhere around the country, some some states I think still have same day voting, and they should. This is part of our what our founding fathers laid down. Things can change the day before an election, you know. Uh, someone can drop dead. Uh, they can have a health problem. Uh, a news story can break, you know, that something is really terribly wrong and it's too late for you to change your vote. There are all kinds of reasons. Uh, so that needs to be explored after this election is over, I think. Now, yesterday, Ted Cruz uh, ventured onto the set of The View uh, and you know it was a very friendly place for Ted Cruz, very friendly with Whoopi Goldberg and the rest of the girls. Uh, and so uh, he got into quite an argument. I'm just going to play a little bit of this. People from the crowd uh, hated him. Uh, they shouted obscenities, and they had to actually cut the audio. But Ted soldiered on, and he got his licks in. I'll let you hear. A lot of folks in the media that try to, anytime a Republican is in front of a TV camera, try to say the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said Trump but, stole but the election. They didn't storm the Capitol. They didn't try to kill my former Abrams, who said, boss. Who said that the election was stolen. They sat here yes. and said it was That's illegitimate, right. and, and, and was. you guys were fine with it. Okay, so, so, so it's illegitimate did, did when Republicans she, did, win, did, but not when Democrats win. No, you know, here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change. But we'll go. We'll go. Okay. We'll be, we we'll don't do that. Did, did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country were Antifa burning and, and police cars well, were being yeah, fired? You Your position is the left doesn't engage in violence, really? No, they wanted to nuke our friend Mike Pence. Like, we how didn't do we do, make you sense just of that? accused us of doing something we didn't do. You said Hillary Clinton didn't say whatever she didn't say. I'm saying to you, listen. And she said we it's said sitting here, and you we were fine come, with her saying it was illegitimate yes, for, for Republicans her it was. to win. All right, so that's just part of it. And if you want to watch, you know, you can go online and watch the whole thing. But um, he, did, I thought he did a great job. But it's, you know, it's not, I spent a lot of years on Bill Maher, like going in, uh, into the uh, lion's den, Phil uh, uh, Donahue, when he was uh, just a wretched leftist, uh, Tyra Banks, oh my gosh, she, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a challenge, but uh, some of us have to go there, and that's where Ted, what Ted did. And remember, there are always people listening who are inclined to, to inclined to truth. It's worth it. It's worth it as far as I'm concerned. And so I thought Ted did a really fine job. And I want to add to this, you know, this whole notion of the 2020 election being stolen and uh, the Jan- January 6th being a riot. Here's a fascinating piece. Now, I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, Devin, I didn't tell you I was going to call for this, but I just want to now. I MSNBC um, convened a panel of Trump supporters. I I don't know if they were in uh, from Pennsylvania. I, I'm not sure about that. I kind of think they might have been. Um, and so the the uh, moderator, whose name I don't know, pardon? Okay, or Pitts, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So it was Pennsylvania. Okay, 
So they were there, and the moderator, a female moderator, asked them some questions about uh, January the 6th uh, with her very strong opinions, and they gave her an earful. I want you to listen. This is clip 28. Triano was at the insurrection, and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas. Is that okay? Which area? Because I saw a video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away barriers and unlocking doors, doors of people. So, yeah. oh, I mean, I, they opened the gates. So and it let shouldn't them in. be disqualifying for an elected official no, no. if no, they participated in January 6th. He didn't, he didn't strike anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, and the only one that died was a protester there, not a Capitol police. An unarmed officer. female veteran. Which That's the only one that died. That's well, the only one who died. A police officer did die. No. It was a stroke. Attack. That's not. That's, that's not, not on site. Caused by that, that's because right. he shouldn't have been a police officer. It was one woman. So, what do you him. make, though, overall of January sixth? I mean, it was watching that footage. It was pretty disturbing. I mean, there were people throwing excrement at the walls, and it was our, you know, it's the Capitol. That it looked a lot true. like Antifa's action. Yeah, it looked a lot, of, except on a much smaller scale. It looked the same as the. Black Lives Matter rights. That's it's what I saw, the similarities to being. Minneapolis burns, Kenosha burns. But so it's okay just because, just because like, one side that you no, disagree with? I'm saying okay Antifa for, infiltrated. It's good for one, it's good for the other. Anybody I don't who harmed anybody, anybody who caused property destruction, that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, but if you're there making side. your voice heard at the right. people's house, no less, yeah. that, I, that's, again, it's a fundamental constitutional right of an American citizen. And people should not be being held political prisoner uh, because of it. For misdemeanors. That's I mean, East Germany. That's East Germany. Tactics. Yeah, that's what's scary. It was an actual fiery but mostly peaceful protest. And the other ones that, that were the <laughs> Was the protest legitimate our, in your our eyes? administration, because... I feel like, is using it as their Reichstag fire. Yeah. That's exactly what they're using it as. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just have to laugh because she just kept at it. We, we didn't play quite all of it. But you know what? The thing that's really impressive, that whole panel got involved, and they were so informed, and they ping-ponged off each other. And unplanned. I'm sure they didn't know they were going to talk about this, but they were so informed. You know, that's what I find, and I bet you do too, is that so many people are so uninformed, and they live on sound bites. It's like eating, you know, sugary cereal. That's all they take in. And they have no depth of knowledge. And they cannot argue back once you get past those points. And I find that people on the right actually inform themselves. They are actually informed voters. And so um, uh, God help us to get the news uh, down into the DNA of more and more Americans. I want to talk to you about a couple of other things. Indiana yesterday, a court of appeals in, in last Friday, a court of appeals in Indiana on Friday upheld a trial court's decision to remove from a family's home their child because the parents did not acknowledge their child's transgender identity, and the child began suffering from anorexia. The court determined that the refusal to go along with the child's gender identity constituted abuse. So the parents uh, were uh, Christians. They argued that this is it's against their faith. They can't. The court is ordering them to affirm the child's. Uh, it's a 16-year-old. The a child's notion that they are the opposite sex, and it's against their faith. You're ordering us to to violate our religious beliefs. Uh, but the court said that not all speech is afforded the same protection under the First Amendment. This is Indiana, for heaven's sake. This is Indiana, and I want you to hear what President Biden had to say about how he feels about all of this. Uh, you know. 
parents and schools and transgenderism. Clip 32. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. Impeach him. If not for that one issue only, how dare he? And by the way, uh, Michigan is now fighting this addition to the Constitution. We talked, we did a whole show on it, or at least a whole segment on a Prop 3, is about uh, letting Planned Parenthood and others uh, have complete access to children without parental permission on the issue of, of transgenderism. It sounds like, they want to make it sound like it's a pro- abortion, uh, a reinstatement of Roe versus Wade, but that's an abject lie. And I want you to know that there's a bus tour traveling around Michigan right now called Empowering Families and Protecting Children. And they have been able, because they're preaching against this proposition, three, because the media, of course, is twisting the coverage of it. They have moved the stats from 60% approval by voters of Michigan down to 50 uh, They're just chipping away at it, chipping away at it, and God bless them. And by the way, in Michigan, the Trafalgar poll has said now that Tudor Dixon and Gretchen Whitmer are in a dead heat. Uh, but in that particular poll, I'm told that there were 54% Democrats polled, 38% Republicans. So you can see how that goes. Tudor has been, uh, Tudor Dixon has been outspent 20 to 1 in Michigan. And so I'll just um, carry on. I want to give you some good news. A federal judge has granted Eagle Forum of Alabama a motion to quash that DOJ. Remember the DOJ ordered them to give over all of their records for years and years, everything they have, email, documents, anything they did to try to stop a transgenderism being being promoted in public schools. And this federal judge just granted Eagle Forum a motion to quash calling the DOJ um, uh, subpoena overly broad and unduly burdensome. And so that, thank, praise God for that, right? That's a good thing today. That's a good thing that just happened. Okay, so when we return, you know, there are so many races in so many places, and I'm trying to give uh, some light to as many of them as I possibly can. There's a close Senate race in North Carolina. So those of you in North Carolina, sit up. Uh, turn up the volume because uh, joining us next will be a candidate for Senate uh, Congressman Ted Butts. So stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Preborn celebrates that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Roe has been responsible for the slaughter of over 63 million babies. Now the decision to abort a child will be left in the hands of the states, and sadly, abortions will continue in the most liberal states. Over the past 16 years, Preborn has positioned their clinics in the top abortion cities where 50% of abortions occur. Preborn's work of saving babies' lives continues at an even greater level as they save babies' lives and defend their centers from the radical hate groups who want to shut them down. Preborn's response is dependent on you, the pro-life community. Be a part of rescuing lives and changing hearts for Christ. $28 sponsors one ultrasound and $140 will help to rescue five babies' lives. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby or go to preborn.com. All gifts are tax deductible. My name is Vladimir. I received my Operation Christmas Child shoebox during a harsh winter in Ukraine where I grew up. 
My favorite item was minty dental floss. I remember thinking, wow, I guess they have interesting candy in America. I want children to experience the same unconditional love I did at the age of nine. To learn more or to pack a shoebox gift online, please visit SamaritansPurse.org. Hey there, Sherry Beasley. That's SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. This year, Operation Christmas Child is celebrating its 200 millionth shoebox. Send joy to a child in need with Operation Christmas Child. Pack a shoebox with fun toys, school supplies, and hygiene items. Then bring it to a drop-off location during National Collection Week, November 14th through the 21st. Or build a shoebox online. The good news of Jesus Christ is shared alongside your gift, and each child is invited to join a discipleship program. Visit SamaritansPurse.org OCC to learn more. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. A volunteer for Senator Marco Rubio and Governor Ron DeSantis was brutally beaten in Miami, Florida. The young man was canvassing, going door-to-door, encouraging people to vote for Republicans. He was wearing a Rubio t-shirt and a DeSantis ball cap. Rubio says the volunteer was attacked by four thugs. He suffered internal bleeding, a broken jaw, and will more than likely need facial reconstructive surgery. Earlier this year, President Biden delivered an ominous speech in front of Independence Hall in Philadelphia. He said President Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. That speech put a target on the backs of every conservative in the nation. The same thing happened in 2016 and 2020 when Trump supporters were brutally beaten and attacked in the streets of many American cities. Words matter, and President Biden knows that, and the blood of that young man is on him. I'm Todd Stern. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. One thing we can all agree on is things in Washington just aren't working. The same old politicians aren't working. Something needs to change. Sherry Beasley, she's different. She's got common sense. As a judge, she was reasonable and honest. That's something that we could use more of. I like that Sherry Beasley hasn't worked in Washington. I like her ideas. They make a lot of sense. I get the feeling that Sherry Beasley's going to work for us. I'm Sherry Beasley, and yes, we must do better. That's why I approve this message. All right, Sandy Rios with you. There is a race in North Carolina for the Senate. That's been kind of a sleeper race. The media just hasn't really covered it that much. North Carolina is kind of a, a crazy state. In fact, let me give you kind of an idea uh, in North Carolina, which used to be a very red state, there are thirty uh, percent of voters are registered Republicans, thirty-four are registered percent are registered as Democrats, thirty-five percent are registered as unaffiliated voters, and according to experts, fifty-two to forty-eight is a landslide in North Carolina. It's a tough race, but right now, Ted Budd, the congressman uh, from North Carolina, is running ahead of Sherry Beasley, who is a former. Uh, Chief Justice of the North Carolina uh, Supreme Court, a black woman who would be the first uh, black woman to serve as a senator from the state of North Carolina. And But uh, Congressman Ted Budd is in the lead right now, and he joins us this morning. Good morning, Congressman. 
Sandy, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you, Congressman. I you wouldn't know, but I'm I have a I'm the Freedom Caucus are my heroes, and I know you're part of that, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, I want to. There's so many things to say about you. I you look. You graduated from Dallas Seminary, among all the other degrees that you have. Uh, but the interesting thing is, you own a gun gun store. How does that happen? Yeah, 12 years ago, a, a local police department came to me and they said, would you buy this bankrupt, closed, indoor gun range and open it for our officers to train in? So it was really out of support for local law enforcement that I opened it. And before I did 12 years ago, they came to me and they said, never, I remember what the training captain said. He said, never underestimate the need of the public to have a safe place to shoot. So we opened it to the public and we offer training, concealed carry courses, um, and safety courses. Uh, anyway, it's just been a real honor to be in that business. And, you know, you want to keep firearms out of the hands of dangerous individuals, unlawful individuals. And, uh, we, you know, we're licensed by the federal government to uh, be a firearms dealer. And, of course, we want to make sure that we protect the Second Amendment. So it's an honor to be in that business. Did you were you in the crosshairs of the Obama administration when I'm not sure with the timeline here when they were really clamping and, down closing bank accounts for gun store owners did you get hit by any of that Congressman Yeah Sandy you just uh, the sound was cutting in and out so I think you were talking oh. about Oh uh, yeah the <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the the operation where they were they were squeezing banks to yes, credit yes. cards you know that's not actually that while that first round um, was successfully defeated, we still see credit cards wanting to create a special designation for those that are in the second, the business of honoring our Second Amendment. And that is an absolute shame. Uh, we're opposed to that. We think that's a setup for further restrictions in the future. It's a backdoor way to uh, Im- impose restrictions on our constitutional Second Amendment. And I think that's an absolute shame. There are a lot of issues, you know. I I don't need to tell you. There is a bucket load of issues. We're just fighting everywhere we turn. Uh, but I'm curious to know, you know, uh, North Carolina now is, you know, such a split state. Who would have thought, you know, 10 years ago this would happen in North Carolina? But it has. Uh, so the, what are the most important issues? I mean, because the Democrats tell us it's abortion. Uh, the the, uh, the uh, Republicans tell us it's inflation. So what are you finding? What are the voters of Carolina most concerned about? Yeah, your question really indicates, you know, what, how out of touch the Democrats are right now with what's really going on in our country. The narrative that they cast and create is completely not where most North Carolinians are, because we've been to all 100 counties on this campaign. I still continue to travel around and go out into the far-reaching corners of this amazing state. And what I'm hearing essentially breaks down into three things, and they're talking about it in very real terms. The first is inflation. I think about um, the secretary who's, when I heard about her, she's a year away from retirement now, about six months, and she doesn't know if she can afford gas in her car to get to her job, to get to her retirement. And then I think about six, seven weeks ago, kids getting back in school, parents saying, I got to buy new blue jeans and a new backpack this year. I don't know how I'm going to do that and afford gas and put groceries on the table. So it's very real terms that people are talking about inflation. And then the other uh, thing is crime. And they're talking about it locally. They're worried uh, for their kids. Are they going to accidentally get exposed to deadly fentanyl? Um, Just a traffic stop, just a county away from where I live here in Davie County, North Carolina. Enough fentanyl was caught in one traffic stop to kill 250,000 individuals. And it's heartbreaking. But that's connected to the border. 
And what the border agents told me when I was there not too long ago is that, um, you know, we got to finish this wall, but what we really need is an administration that has our back. And then in North Carolina, law enforcement saying every single county in North Carolina is now a border county because of Joe Biden's policies. So you got inflation, you got crime. Sandy, the third issue is education. And parents just want to say in their kids' education, they're tired of this woke, leftist, socialist, progressive agenda being shoved on these kids because now we're seeing kids going backwards for the first time in, yes. in decades, uh, maybe in our country's history, the first time they've really gone backwards, everything from ACT scores for our uh, soon-to-be high school graduates all the way back to um, nine-year-olds in reading and math. Yeah. It's yeah. devastating what leftist policies have done to our children. It absolutely is. Yeah, well, I guess and then the whole transgender issue, um, uh, okay, I, should, I shouldn't put words in your mouth. How do you – two things – how do you feel about the COVID shot being added to the list of vaccines that children must take, which is what the CDC decided last week? And secondly, how do you feel about this whole um, move by schools to force or not force to uh, to expose children to tran- transgenderism and encourage their change without their parents' knowledge? Well, what the issue, overarching issue here is one of control, and uh, we have to get control back in the hands of parents, back in the hands of individuals, whether it's a health decision for themselves and for their family and for their children when it comes to vaccinations, you know, especially when you're forcing something upon those that are the least vulnerable in our population uh, when it comes to COVID. But what we need is real science here and not some political agenda. People need to be talking more to their doctors and a lot less to politicians when it comes to vaccinations. Uh, and then the other is the the whole transgender issue. It's an issue of control and confusion. Why pressure this onto kids when you're going backwards in reading and math? Let's get back to real priorities that really prepare this young generation uh, to be our next leaders rather than doing things which cause despair and confusion. Uh, let's get back to the basics here. And I think we need to make sure it's not schools pushing this agenda on people, but that the parents are transmitting their values to the next generation. And schools are doing the real work of reading, math, history, and the things that prepare people to be great citizens. Congressman, there's a couple of issues that I want to ask you about personally. Uh, because uh, if you are, uh, um, if you win this race, this would be very important to me if I were one of the, your citizens. And that is, uh, I have we, <clears throat> all kinds of military people who listen to this show. I interviewed a I interviewed a, a major a young excuse me a young major just last week, who uh, he's one of thousands who have are being forced to take the vaccine. Uh, if they don't take the vaccine, uh, they are given general discharge. They're ignoring on many in most cases their religious objections. If they don't get the vaccine, they're given general discharge, which means they lose all of their benefits. It's the same as having some sort of criminal past. It is a travesty. The, the major I talked to last week broke down crying. He's, put, he's spent 20 years. He served us overseas. Uh, and the, the military reporting on the damage of these shots to our military men is so explicit and so frightening. Uh, for pilots, I have a report in my hand right now. And I have found, because I've appealed to so many senators, that they don't care. Their response, for the most part, has been in the Defense Authorization Act. We are allowing them, we're going to allow them to get honorable discharge if they don't want to take that. That's a lie, first of all. If they thought that was true, it's not true. 
And secondly, they have no will to fight. And I'm asking you, sir, if you get elected to Senate, will you please intervene on behalf of these men and women in the military who are our heroes and are being forced to take this very dangerous shot? Sandy, again, this goes back to the same issue that we were talking about with schools just a moment ago. This is about control. And it's not about science anymore. This is about politics and power in the most dangerous place, which is a person's health. We need individuals, whether they are our young children or whether those are our nation's finest trying to serve us in uniform. They need to have control. What I'm afraid is that the, the, the U.S. government and the, those that are politically motivated rather than scientifically motivated are forcing it on those that are the most talented and the most freedom-loving individuals that want to save uh, our country. Now, we've required vaccinations before, but there's so many questions around this. It is so new and so unproven. And there are people saying that for uh, the younger generation, those that are, again, that are so uh, most likely to be in the military and the least medically vulnerable to this are the most at risk from receiving it. We need to get the data out there. We need to have a real discussion, not politically motivated. And then we need to make sure that we make good medical decisions on this. But I'm afraid that it's forcing out our best and our brightest uh, that want to serve our country and protect our freedoms. And it's jamming people uh, in a very horrible way. I've had those same conversations, uh, Sandy, and it breaks my heart. Those that love our country the most are sometimes being forced not to serve and losing benefits and losing honor. So we want to make sure that if there is a discharge, then it is absolutely honorable, and it breaks my heart that it would be anything other than that. Uh, and then also, let's make it a non-issue here in the future by getting real science right out on the table, not this yeah. politically motivated uh, mess that we've been in the last two years. And all of those who have been uh, out, you know, dismissed need to be reinstated. There needs to be something really active done, and a light has to be lit under each senator in that chamber and I'm just begging you to consider this. I just went to a uh, conference with all, all the uh, outspoken Dr. Malone, Dr. Ryan Cole, all of the, the you know, all those names. Uh, and there is so much evidence. And that's so I'll leave you with that. But I want to change the subject to this other. This is a difficult issue also, I realize. Uh, but I have to tell you, I also have tons of families and people who were into the Capitol on January the 6th who have been so maltreated by the FBI and the Justice Department and some of them with family members and sons languishing in the D.C. prison, the D.C. gulag, without medical treatment, held in solitary confinement, some suicides. And I'm asking you, will you please help them? If you get elected, will you please help us do something to intercede with the Justice Department and stop that? we got to win to have that conversation, and then when we do, we want justice everywhere. What I've seen from 2016 when we were there, actually January of 2017, the Democrats trying to burn down and set cars on fire. They protested all around our country, hundreds and hundreds of protests where cities were destroyed, and there was a complete lack of justice there when you see a lot of unfairness uh, revolving around uh, what happened in Washington, D.C. So I want to be a U.S. senator who fights for a level playing field, and for justice everywhere. If somebody committed a crime, then they need to be punished. But they need to have their due process. That does not need to be robbed from anyone, and I'm afraid that is what's happened. Yeah. Congressman, I want to change the subject so thoroughly, and this will probably be a question no one else asks you. <laughs> All right. I didn't say, and I want to, that you have a, your MBA from Wake Forest. 
Uh, and I did say that you have a, I didn't say what, but Masters of Theology and Educational Leadership from Dallas Theological Seminary. Now, but here's the thing. I read in your bio that you met your wife on a mission trip in Russia in 1991. Now, here's the deal. I was in Russia right before Boris Yeltsin's election in 1991. Uh, I was doing a radio broadcast, the first Americans out of Radio Moscow. I, I only mentioned that to say, did I see you there? What were you guys doing there? We were with the Josh McDowell mission trip. There were 400 Americans on two planes. One of them, or maybe both, were Aeroflot chartered. And we were distributing Christian literature. We had brought over many medical people with us uh, from the U.S. and medical supplies. The hospitals were vacant. The shelves were were empty. And yes, Boris Yeltsin was at the airport shaking hands on the way to his election. (laughs) Isn't that funny? I mean, that's something that... What? What? Well, people, they ask me, you met your wife in Russia, so how's her English? I go, it's great. She's from West Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's very good. But anyway, see, that's a thing that bonds you and me. I mean, how many people can you say that about? But that's kind of fun. Um, All right, Congressman, uh, what are the distinctions? What are the main distinctions between you and Sherry Beasley, your opponent? Well, uh, I'm for the policies that are pro-energy and lower the cost of uh, uh, what's driving inflation right now. I'm for rolling back regulations, making it easier on North Carolinians, where everything that Sherry Beasley is about is making it harder on North Carolinians. And it makes their life with more crime. She's defended cop killers. I have defended the police. I've been endorsed by the police. They have pulled their endorsement from her and endorsed me. Um, and everything when it comes to inflation, she's about less choice and less parental control, more about teachers' unions. I'm more about good teachers and parents having control in their kids' education. There is just a world of difference. It could not be more distinct. She's got a record that she is running away from, and I've got a record that I stand on and am proud of and I'm running towards in the U.S. Congress. I have two more issues that I want to ask you about before I let you go here. You mentioned energy and certainly It's just a huge issue. As you know, I have a headline here uh, from uh, two days ago. I just am now reporting this. The U.S. has only 25, well, must be 23 now, days of diesel supply. And, of course, the shortage could cripple the economy. We know that Joe Biden is uh, taking oil from our strategic reserves and that it's leased down half. He's actually sold some of that oil to China. And uh, we are going to be in desperate straits, Congressman, if we don't do something about this. Your views of what we can do and what's happening? Well, we we have to, uh, first of all, you want to reconnect the Keystone Pipeline, which was shut down under Joe Biden. That only cost us 10,000 jobs. It's disconnected uh, the supply from our refining capacity here in the U.S., we need more natural gas. We need more nuclear. We need an all-of-the-above strategy here in the United States and make it abundant, which has made life better for us over the last hundred years in this country. You can't subsidize people or rich people to buy Teslas while at the same time you're making it hard for regular Americans to put gas in their tank to get to their jobs. So you have to be energy-friendly here because we are the cleanest, safest place in the world uh, to produce energy and manufacture with it. So you have to be pro-manufacturing and pro-mining, and you have to be pro-energy here, in not just in North Carolina, but in our whole country. One last thing. Um, this is really disturbing, and I only know this because I interviewed Cynthia Farahat yesterday. She's written a new book. She's a Egyptian uh, 
well, I don't even know how to describe her. Her, her bio is as long as my arm uh, because she was in Egypt for a number of years. Uh, she's spoken out against the Muslim Brotherhood there, and she's just written a complete expose <clears throat> in her book on this. But what she told me yesterday, and this is going to air on Friday, is that because she tracks al-Qaeda, she says that um, the Muslim Brotherhood is the one behind al-Qaeda, behind ISIS, all of those groups. She tracks in Arabic the conversations they're having, and they just said yesterday, she told me just, she just learned it, uh, that al-Qaeda is reconfiguring and they are now activating cells in the United States. She also said that one of their Muslim Brotherhood operatives who lives and works here, I mean, we know, I mean, we've, we're supposed to believe they're fine. There shouldn't be a terrorist group because they, some of them are in Congress and some of them are in business. Uh, and so one of the operatives of the Muslim Brotherhood has been taking trucks down to the border, uh, truck after truck. I, I, I just, uh, this was very frightening to me. A word from you about our border and I don't even you I know you weren't prepared for that question so I don't expect you to be particular about that but just in general the border one more time please Yeah it breaks my heart what we're actually seeing down there you know they say we got to finish this wall but what we really need is law enforcement to have our uh, an administration that has our back what we're talking about generally is a distracted and a confused uh, in a weak Biden administration. That's everything from seeing China growing on the national, international stage, Russia invading Ukraine, North Korea starting to retest intermediate-range missiles in Iran, uh, which is sending drones to Russia to bomb Ukrainians, uh, and plus uh, threatening Israel uh, and trying to get their own nuclear program again. Everything that Joe Biden has done, starting with Afghanistan 15 months ago, has led to American weakness rather than American strength. And that goes, that same philosophy goes all the way down to the border. Uh, it's weak, it's confused, and it's harmful to the United States rather than making us stronger. One last thing. Morgan Jackson is, uh, you probably know the name, is a Raleigh-based Democratic consultant. He says this of you, that you, Ted Butt, has largely had a free pass over the last several months, and it's because this race has been a sleeper race. The truth of the matter is his positions are not in line with the majority of North Carolina voters. Uh, he's the most conservative Republican nominee in more than 26 years for the U.S. Senate. Are you out of step with uh, North Carolina voters? I think I'm completely in step. If you look at the polling, people are worried about inflation. They're worried about crime. They're worried about education. Those are the things that I'm campaigning on and that are concerning to me as well. So I'm born here in North Carolina, and I look forward to serving as the next United States senator. But first of all, we have to get out and vote. If people want to go to my website, it's tedbud.com, T-E-D-B-U-D-D.com. And I would love to earn their support and see what I'm about. Let me just point out that Sherry Beasley is rallying black churches. Uh, she said, you know, they're going to, she's asking churches to get buses out to, to work for, for her, which is uh, always questionable in terms of the law to me. Uh, but, Congressman, are, are churches backing you? Well, you know, it's going to depend on the actual church. And uh, we're at churches on Sundays, and uh, I was at a church yesterday. So I, I, I think a lot of folks from churches and all across our state are supporting me because I know that everything they know, that everything that I do makes things better for all North Carolinians. All right, Congressman, thanks. I really appreciate your time this morning, and I look forward to actually meeting you in person. All right, thanks a lot. And uh, again, Congressman Ted Budd running for Senate in the state of North Carolina. There you are. Against Sherry Beasley, there you are. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
Forget about Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice and is unbanning a word. They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need you, YouTube. Banned one day. Banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. Hi, this is Pastor Robert Morris. I'm often asked, how do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? How do I hear God? What is God's plan and purpose for me? I want to personally invite you to join me on Sunday mornings right here on AFR for worship and the Word, and we will discover the answer to these questions together. We'll explore the truths found in God's Word that will help you strengthen your faith and develop a more intimate relationship with Him. Woe to you, O land, whose king is a lad and whose princes feast in the morning. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The Biden administration was forced to admit that it had groveled before Saudi Arabia, asking them to postpone OPEC's planned 2 million barrels per day reduction in oil production for a month. The Saudis published a long letter repudiating the Robinette gang's request to postpone the cuts. This is an absolute embarrassment on the world stage. Here we are in the United States of America with the natural capacity to produce our own oil, begging and then being rebuffed by the Saudis. But the Robinettes just wanted to artificially keep gas prices down until after the midterm elections. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for the Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Hey, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. Do you know for the last two years, Southwest Louisiana has faced multiple storms, including Hurricanes Laura, Delta, and Zeta. 8 Days of Hope sent our rapid response teams to help in these areas after Hurricane Laura hit Lake Charles and again after the flooding in 2021. Well, today we're excited to announce that our 18th rebuilding trip will take place in Lake Charles from December 3rd through December 10th. Thousands of volunteers will gather from around the country to love and serve this community by helping them repair their homes that were affected by these disasters. We're going to focus on roofing and drywall, painting, electrical work, flooring, and so much more. We can't wait to see what God is going to do. So there's a couple ways you can help with this mission. First, pray. Pray that God will speak through our actions to each family and make himself known. Second, consider volunteering. It's free, and we provide the food and the lodging. Hey, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com, read the FAQs, and you can volunteer right there. Again, that's 8daysofhope.com. This is Frank Effney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The Biden administration has been populated from its inception by individuals playing for the other team. Joe Biden's compromise by the Chinese Communist Party and his record of policies that advance its agenda is the most egregious example, but hardly the only one. Robert Malley used to promote the interests of Iran during the Obama presidency, including negotiating a seriously defective nuclear deal. Malley has been doing the same under Biden, offering reckless and humiliating concessions that have only emboldened the mullahs further. Fortunately, the Iranian people's expanding revolt against those tyrants is a showstopper for Mali's negotiations that serve to legitimate the regime the uprising explicitly seeks to overthrow. So Mali recently denied that reality, falsely claiming that the revolutionaries simply seek greater official recognition of human rights. We must stop negotiating with the Ayatollahs and Robert Mali must go. This is Frank Afti. 
Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. I know it's hard to believe, but actually the holidays are coming. And I just feel like what's happening in the country has robbed us of the joy of, you know, Thanksgiving is that time when we sit around the table and we share food with our families and reconnect and thank God for the blessings of the year. And that's just becoming reduced. Let's not let it. I I love Thanksgiving. I love it. I hope that you do too. So as you, you know, think about all the things that are happening, I give you all of this stuff every morning. Don't forget uh, that there is a God to whom we can be very grateful. And I would also say, uh, it's my observation. I Maybe I didn't say this yesterday. Even in that summit on Saturday, God's presence was there. You have no idea how many people spoke up on that platform, doctors and nurses and all kinds of people, about the power of God. Uh, and there was prayer. Uh, and there was, it was powerful. I think the Holy Spirit was just palpable in that room. And I see this uh, in other, my friends that are in these, all these endeavors around the country with election integrity. God's people are being infused with courage and wisdom and the filling of the Spirit. Now, I'm not saying everyone involved in this is doing I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you, as a, as a person who serves him, I, I see, I know my brothers. I can just identify. I feel it. It's the same Spirit, the same quickening of that Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus dwells within his people. <clears throat> and it's a powerful Spirit. I see, <clears throat> in Michigan, I see all those guys working up there like crazy to try to turn back the wickedness of Gretchen Whitmer and her decisions. And Jocelyn, uh, the Secretary of State, whose last name I can't remember. By the way, I'm going to talk to the uh, her challenger. I think tomorrow we're working on that. <clears throat> but God is at work, so do not forget him. Don't forget. I mean, we're accused, you know, by uh, our, oh, well, let's see, people who are, or some that are sitting in the pews with us, or at least in our denominations, of being Christian nationalists. And the accusation is this that we just think that politics and news is more important than God. And that's why we talk about them. Because we And we do discredit to the gospel because we talk and engage on these things. We take away from the gospel. We have forgotten our first love, and we, they shame us. I, I read an article that we have to be destroyed, actually, uh, by someone with the Baptist standard affiliated with, I believe, with Russell Moore. Russell Moore is with Christianity Today now, and certainly this is the way he feels. But I have to tell you that out of the abundance of a sense of righteousness and outrage, because when God places his Holy Spirit within people, God indwells in them. And to the extent that they yield their the rest of their life and mind to that spirit, they are filled with rage at what they see. Do you think that God thinks nothing, feels nothing, when he sees these children getting their healthy breasts removed, being castrated, adults too, when he sees suicide because of the despair? Do you think that God doesn't care? And do you think that you can truly serve him and not reflect his character? We take on the mind of Christ. If you really love him and the Spirit indwells you, you're going to feel a rage 
about the dismembering of small babies, about allowing babies born alive after an abortion to languish and die. If you see the the gentleman in the jail in D.C. and you hear the deprivation and the solitary confinement and you feel nothing, God cares for the prisoner. Why don't you care? Because you're your little world of Christian, whatever, your religion. It's when Christianity becomes a religion, a practice. We go to church on Sunday. We hear this, we hear that, but we don't talk about that. Do you think that God is just in church on Sunday? Do you think that God is not involved in Washington, D.C. and in the capitals of France and in uh, England where the believers there are crying out in the chaos? You think he doesn't care about that? If you don't know, I I can't even comprehend how you don't understand that. Do you not see how deeply God is involved in the nations and rulers? And in the New Testament, in Romans 8, we know that he establishes authority. He cares a great deal about his people because we have to live in this world. Yes, we're to be in this world and not of it. And certainly, our involvement in politics and issues can never supersede our passion and love for him. And the message of those issues and talking about them can never uh, overtake the gospel. And if you don't, if I don't often enough tell you uh, that we need a Savior, can you not see that we need a Savior? And the good news is we have one. Listen, I, I say this everywhere. I don't not just say it to you. I say it everywhere. I say it to people who aren't comfortable hearing it. Because people need to know, surely, right now, if you want to evangelize and talk about Jesus and God's transforming power, this is the time. Because people are seeing with their own eyes the wheels coming off the bus, their personal lives, their fortunes, their ability to buy groceries and take care of their children is being threatened. We need a Savior, and we have one. Paul said that the law is a teacher leading men to God. I have Always, as I entered this arena many years ago, and certainly out of a heart of evangelism, that's what I loved when when I was a singer, that was my heart. Evangelism, that meant more to me than just about anything, rather than, I think I got bored doing concerts, to be honest with you. I'd be singing in churches, looking at people, and I think, they know all of this. Why am I wasting my time? I honestly thought that. And I was really happy to step out of that routine of Christian artists doing performing concerts And when I would sing in prisons or other places like that, that, to me, was the whole purpose of what I was doing. And so, translated to radio, uh, you can better believe that I have done a lot of praying and scripture and just uh, asking God. I know he led me into this, and I understand why now. Because the law is the teacher. When you speak truth, when you speak truth, you are reflecting the heart of God. That draws people closer to truth. People that have a heart for truth listen, and they are then able to listen to the truth that our God is the God of all truth. I know I'm going off on a tangent. I'm preaching this morning, but I'm just begging you. This is the time to engage. Our God is everywhere. He's in your business. If you say to me, you're a business owner, I do this and this, but that's just business. No, it isn't. God is in your business dealings. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. He's in every concert. He's in every in Hollywood, in the movies. He's, he's present everywhere. He does not 
you know, retreat or recoil. He knows about it all. And to anyone who will invite him, he will be present in that space and make his himself known. So um, just say, oh, goodness, I, I forgot what I'm supposed to be doing here because I want to tell you that it's almost Christmas. That's where I started. Uh, I was making my way to Thanksgiving. But Christmas is the time when we come and put our arms around and join with Operation Christmas Child. That's a function of Samaritan's Purse, a Franklin Graham's organization. I'll just give this right now before I fill in the blanks, because some of you will know. If you go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC, that's Operation Christmas Child, to learn more, you can find out uh, where to drop off your box. And what you do is you prepare a box, a shoebox. A standard size shoebox is fine, and you fill it with stuff for kids. Uh, and there's all kinds of things. In fact, if you go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC, they'll give you some ideas. But in the past, you know, we've sent toothbrushes and uh, and toothpaste and, and dolls. That, you know, like you pack a box for a boy and a box for a girl. Uh, it's amazing we can still do that, you know. Boy, <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, so uh, pack a shoebox and then you, the, you can find out where your drop-off is. Many of you do this year after year. And here's the thing. It's not just about giving them stuff. It's about telling them about Jesus. Uh, Evangelism, as we've just spoken, reaching the world for Jesus Christ because they need a Savior just like we need a Savior. And God sent one, His only Son, into the world uh, that the whole world might be saved. SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC to learn more and to find a drop-off near a location near you. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> that was a long setup, but I hope that'll make you go and help these kids around the world and get your mind off of what's happening here for a while. Meanwhile, don't forget to pray, read your scripture, fill yourself with it, and uh, enjoy the joy that comes from that. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.